good and happy Saturday, cuties. Hope you're staying nice and cool. Because, uh, man, does it just feel like it's just getting hotter and hotter each and every day? Well, whatever you're doing right now, hope you're, you know, you have a nice uh, fan running. You got your AC blasting. But, uh, yeah, you know, just just stay cool. Drink drink some water. Hey, did anyone tell you? Open that bottle. I Unless if it's, like, something that you shouldn't drink, then don't drink it. But if it's water, go for it. Anyways, before I pass out from heat stroke, let's just... Let's just dive into uh, episode five of What If. This is the zombies episode. I feel like this is one of the episodes that everyone's been looking forward to. And um, I mean, you know, it's just one of those Marvel stories that has existed for, I don't know, maybe like 10 plus years. And, you know, in some capacity, you know, the really dark edge lords of the Marvel fan base really wanted to see this come to light. And... It was kind of a mixed bag, in my opinion. I, I feel like the zombie episode kind of fell back into the rhythm of the early episodes of What If, where its pacing just feels incredibly rushed. I know it's supposed to be like an anthology series where each episode is a different story, but I mean, like, I've seen, you know, like other, like, half hour to 40 minute, you know, TV shows. Uh, doing it way better where the, the pacing just doesn't feel like we're zipping by from A to Z and back to A, you know? Like, we kick off with the Watcher uh, explaining how the, uh, essentially how the zombie apocalypse came to be. And we see, uh, at first, we see that uh, Bruce Banner goes back to Earth in classic fashion from what we saw in Infinity War. But, you know, uh, now the whole world is ravaged um, from a zombie plague because of the events of Ant-Man and Wasp playing a little differently. So now we have uh, the Avengers uh, uh, collapsing uh, early on as they try to save San Francisco. But it, obviously that didn't work out for them. And now we have our East Coast Avengers team that is struggling to keep the zombies at bay. And I just think the, the voice acting is all over the place. I think uh, Mark Ruffalo, you know, does a you know, he does an, admir an admirable job, but I just feel like he uh, just kind of overacts in some scenes and same with some of the uh, other actors, too. Paul Rudd is also in it later on in the episode. And I feel like, OK, so here's my general issue i guess with the episode as a whole it's just filled with too much jokes from top to bottom i feel like they have the, like the writers wanted to i guess balance the uh i guess the grimness of it with just comedy just pure uncut raw comedy because uh it jokes were coming quips were were, were coming a plenty and they just would not take a break from it and let the drama of it sit in. You know, I, I would have liked to see how, you know, shattered the Avengers are after losing the uh, people that they love, people the people that they uh, fought alongside with. Um, instead, you have, uh, like, you have essentially Bucky slicing Steve in the uh, middle of a subway, and he just says, you know, like, a, a, a 
corny one-liner about, you know, referencing what they were talking about in the past uh, movies. Like, I don't know if if he needed to slice Steve and say, uh, I guess this is the end of the line for you, pal. You know, it's your best friend that you grew up with, you know, like, I don't know, it just felt kind of cold. And also minutes later, we see that Sharon Carter, who just got bit by Steve Rogers, uh, gets exploded in the pieces from uh, Hope. And then she also quips, ew, I got Sharon all over me. That was just your friend a minute ago. You you were just fighting zombies alongside her. At least Sharon had the decency to uh, feel sympathy for killing Happy as a zombie. But um, the, the one character that at first felt really out of place was uh, Spider-Man. I actually really like the voice actor that uh, did their best Tom Holland impression. Because I was like, I knew Tom Holland wasn't on the cast list. But I swore you know, to like, I, I swore on whatever that it sounded dead on like a Tom Holland. So kudos to the voice actor. I'm too lazy to look that up, but, uh, whoever that uh, they are, they, they totally killed it. The only thing, once again, it just goes back down to the writing where, you know, Spider-Man is just making all these quips and it just feels kind of, um, out of character. You know, Spider-Man is, I think, you know, at surface level, people always consider Spider-Man as a very jokey character, but I really think that it's the drama that comes with his character when he's not joking that is what makes that character interesting. And, you know, uh, I was kind of concerned that that was the direction that the whole episode was going to essentially take and adopt the whole time because, um, you know, Spider-Man's just making weird movie references, uh, just, I don't know, it was just, the whole writing of it just felt off until we see Hope get bitten, and then, you know, um, Spider-Man essentially explains that he uses jokes to, I guess, break the tension and to make it, you know, uh, make, make a bad situation better because that was the advice that Aunt May had given uh, to him before she had passed away. And, I, and I'm, I'm glad that they acknowledged uh, who Peter lost because sometimes, you know, it, it, Peter is defined by the people that he lost because I think it helps him, you know, recenter himself and focus on what's what's important. And, you know, he's always the character that seems like he's trying to save everyone, but somehow, no matter how hard he tries, he ends up losing people in the process. And, I'm glad that for the first time in the MCU, they actually acknowledged Uncle Ben. I was kind of losing my mind when they meant when they dropped that line because never once has uh, main universe Tom Holland, you know, um, mentioned Uncle Ben as Peter Parker. So, you know, um, it's always implied that you know something bad had happened that had inspired uh, Peter to become a hero, but they never really touch on what tragedy actually transpired and so you know we get also acknowledgement of peter's parents and all these other uh different facets to his life that we didn't really get uh, in his backstory so i'm glad that they kind of touched on that and it kind of brought his character around uh for me the latter half of the episode they the uh east coast avengers or i'm just gonna call them the avengers they make their way over to uh camp uh lehigh is that 
what it is? Yeah, Camp Lehigh, where um, Steve Rogers and uh, Bucky had trained. I uh, know not Bucky, but where Steve Rogers had trained, um, you know, uh, during World War Two. And then that that camp essentially became the base of operations for S.H.I.E.L.D. So there's a signal that's being transmitted over there. And uh, they find out that Vision is the one that's transmitting that signal. And uh, that was kind of their beacon of hope because they realized that uh, Vision's Mind Stone can serve as a potential cure once they see uh, Paul Rudd's character. Um, you know, he's missing his body, but his head is in a jar and is fully cured of the zombie disease. So I'm kind of curious, like, how that works. Because, like, for example, you know, when we see Captain America as a zombie or even Iron Man, they're missing some obvious pieces of flesh and, like, their jaw is just kind of hanging around. Like, how does, I, I, it was so convoluted how they explained how the Mind Stone works as, as a cure. And it just felt kind of like lazy writing in that moment. But, you know, if it can cure them, like, what does that even look like? Are they still, like, having their limbs dangling or their, you know, um, body parts just in shambles? Like, it, it it's kind of unclear, but, you know, that's not what's important because what is important is that we see uh, Bruce stumble upon uh, Wanda, uh, who has been feeding on T'Challa, which, by the way, it was nice to hear Chadwick Boseman again. I, I knew that he was going to show up in a couple more episodes, so it was nice that it was this one, um, albeit for like a, a brief moment in time. But we see uh, Okoye... Uh, sacrifice herself once uh, Wanda gets free to buy the group some time to get to the Quinjet. And essentially the group just gets picked off one by one. Uh, Vision realizes what he did wrong um, and by essentially, you know, uh, containing Wanda because he was saying that he uh, tried to cure Wanda, but her powers, I guess, counteracted his mind stoned. Um, and so he instead just tried to sustain her by feeding her live people, which is kind of a, a, a uh, sick and demented twist and I kind of like that but so Vision realized that what he did was uh, immoral and essentially um, gave the group uh, the Mind Stone so that way they could head back into Wakanda to uh, essentially use some sort of signal to uh, beam uh, the cure to everyone once again the solution itself and in, in curing the zombie disease very convoluted doesn't make any sense but yeah also, uh, prior, like, I guess, like, maybe minutes prior to that, uh, Hope uh, decides to sacrifice herself. Uh, and we finally also get to see her in giant form. We've seen, you know, uh, uh, Scott Lang do it, but not really Hope. So it was kind of cool to see her as, as a giant woman. I'm sure the Resident Evil 8 fans would get a big kick out of that. Emphasis on big kick. Um... Let's see. And so, yeah, she gets like basically devoured. It's like a, a huge um, feast for these zombies. I don't know why she, you know, I, I know why she didn't shrink herself. It's to, you know, essentially create an obstacle for the heroes as they're trying to escape the, uh, you know, shield base. But realistically, which is also kind of hard to say because we're talking about magical gods and zombies. But, you know, I mean... As realistic as you can get, I would have imagined that she would have just shrunk herself down at least as a tiny person, as a tiny, you know, tiny, tiny, you know, um, 
wasp size, you know, rather than being this huge potential threat that can, you know, kill the team that you just tried to um, give a chance to live, you know. But uh, we also see uh, Bruce Banner sacrifice himself. He gets bit and then um, the Hulk was able to transform in that moment. So if you haven't uh, seen Infinity War in a long time, if you recall, you know, Bruce Banner has been struggling to transform into the Hulk, pretty much plays the same way in this episode. And finally, the Hulk decides to uh, show up and become the hero that uh, Bruce Banner, um, you know, kind of, I guess, challenged him to be. It was a nice... A nice little uh, last line from uh, Mark Ruffalo uh, before we saw the the Hulk. But I mean, we didn't really see how the Hulk, you know, uh, like what happened to him by the end of that fight. But he's just taking on so many different zombies all at once. I would be hard pressed to think that he had died because I think the only way we've seen him die was uh, in that mystery episode. So. Uh, we also see Bucky try to take on Wanda. He gets flung. Pretty sure he's dead. So all that remains is T'Challa, Peter, and Scott. Uh, also, I guess, head Scott. So uh, And also the cape. Doctor Strange's cape is uh, kind of the uh, unsung MVP, I guess, of two episodes straight. He helped Doctor Strange, like, like good Doctor Strange fight against, you know, dark Do- Doctor Strange. We saw a cape fight in that last episode. And now we see cape pretty much do uh you know his thing in this episode and help our heroes out you know we should get like a a, a mini series for cape justice for cape but anyways uh we see the heroes enter wakanda and what's waiting for them is a zombified thanos how did that happen screw you the writing's not important i guess so yeah i i think overall uh, it ends on a, on a typically dark note as uh, what I'd remember. It's not as, you know, it is violent and it is gruesome and bleak, but like I said, the imbalanced tone from the comedy kind of dilutes it a bit. And also same with the, the brisk pacing that it takes. Like so much happens. I really wish that, you know, they would just focus on just one singular story that, uh, doesn't need to do so much and, just kind of like the Doctor Strange episode where it, it, it really hones in and drills down to the um, big character moments. And same with the uh, Nick Fury, uh, ep- you know, av- Avenging the Avengers episode. So I'm going to give this episode maybe like a 5 out of 10. Uh, and that's pretty much the, the gist of, of that. So, you know, if you agree with that rating let me know if you definitely don't disagree uh don't agree i feel like there's going to be a lot of people that really liked how this episode played out i don't know it just wasn't really my cup of tea i i was kind of hoping for a little more um and then uh, i kind of like how last week's episode we saw the watcher have a bigger role in involvement in the plot didn't really get too much of that this time around um you know i mean we, we i guess we have to sprinkle that throughout but if you like this episode uh, and you uh, want to argue with me, feel free to send me your thoughts 
on Instagram at that's my Q podcast or on Twitter at Q podcast. You can also email me and we could talk nerdy uh, and whatever you want. And you can also suggest different things that you want me to review in the main episodes at Q uh, at that's my Q podcast at gmail.com. So yeah, I don't know. Zombie episode. You know, if we're talking about the zombie episode, what I do remember from the comics, at least a little bit of it is that, um, you know, I, I know Spider-Man is a fan favorite, but I also feel like the uh, source material did a better job of kind of depicting how dark and gruesome, you know, a, a zombie story can get. I don't think, you know, Marvel was really going to double down on it, but, you know, we see that uh, Peter gets bitten by uh, Colonel America in his universe and then ends up eating and and accidentally killing uh, Mary Jane and Aunt May. Uh, there's another story where he also rips off his skin after he uh, sees that all of his villains are devouring the people that he cares about. And so that's it's just all very sad. It's all dark. I, I've never been a big fan of superhero stories that uh, – just get incredibly violent for violence sake. I mean, you know, granted I do, you know, appreciate the stories of Invincible and I also really like the boys, but you know, sometimes the uh, gratuity of violence just feels, I don't know, like it just feels at the same time immature and right. Like it just feels like, Oh, look at how uh, violent we can get. Look how realistic we can get or, you know, it just it just feels like you're you're just trying to be dark and and edgy for no reason at all. I don't know. It reminds me of film school where you have like people that try to emulate Tarantino films and just have senseless stories that just don't need to go that dark. You could tell very, um, I guess, captivating and compelling um, stories about the human condition through these characters without having to, I guess, uh, stoop down and, and, and I guess, uh, go for the shock factor, if you will. But in any case, I'm going to leave y'all off with a quote. I did screenshot, actually not screenshot. I did, uh, find one of my favorite quotes from the episode on Twitter. And this comes from T'Challa who says, they're still with us as long as we do not forget them. I think it's a very beautiful way to remember the the people that sacrificed their lives for us in whatever way. But in any case, thank you all for listening. I've been your host, Christian Ong, and that's my cue.